Welcome to the Out of the Ordinary Podcast. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. Some of my favorite ordinary things are homegrown flowers, strawberry jam, and old books with someone else's notes in them. And some of mine are hot tea, always with milk and sugar, a good movie, my mom's hand-me-down books, and Sunday afternoon naps. This is the podcast where we believe that the best stories grow out of ordinary life. Get comfy. Here we go. Hello, Lisa Joe. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We're back. And I have to tell you, we are back at Maplehurst on the third floor where we always record. But it looks a little different in here. It looks like... It's leftover uh, Christmas. Leftover, <laughs> a wreck of Christmas past has taken over this room. And we are... Quite literally swimming in tissue paper and cardboard boxes and little rolled up bits of leftover wrapping paper. And like the cardboard insides of wrapping paper rolls. The cardboard tubes <laughs> are swimming it's at like our feet. The intestines of wrapping paper <laughs> is on the floor. I wrapped gifts and my husband wrapped gifts here in this room on Christmas Eve. And then we had Christmas and celebrated and kept the day well. And now it's time for cleanup. But I haven't got to that part yet because I've been enjoying the last day with you, Lisa Joe, and your family. It's been so fun. We've had, instead of just me being here to record, the whole Baker family has been here and we've celebrated birthdays and anniversaries and as we walked up this morning to record, we're both sitting here in, I think, what is our pseudo pajamas still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were just saying how appropriate to sit here amongst the dregs of Christmas heading into the new year. And it explains a lot about why you and I aren't really New Year's resolution people, because we're sort of, it feels like crawling across a finish line to me, as opposed to entering with trumpets and rejoicing into a new beginning is always it how does. the end of the year feels to me. Yeah. I, I walked into this room and I thought, who can make New Year's goals when your life looks like this? But Which it's is still the old year. Good, but yeah. lots of leftover messy bits of unfinished things. Everything right. feels unfinished to me this time of year. I do too. I always feel like I'm carrying all kinds of unfinished things across that line into the new year with me. And I I each year is different, but this year has felt a lot like crawling across into the new year. And you and I, and I think we're unusual in this respect, have both talked about how we don't feel like it's a beginning in January. Right. And I think there's several reasons for that. It's right here in the middle of the school year. So, and my kids only have a week off this year, just Mine over too. a week. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't feel like a break and a reset at all. It feels like we're still in the middle and trying to figure out how to keep going through it. To me, the weather has something to do with it too. It feels like hibernation weather. Oh, absolutely. I Right. Getting through Christmas, heading into the new year, I just want to hunker down, hide under some blankets, think things through. Right. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not ready to suddenly propel myself into a bunch of new things. And I think it's because I just got done checking off the list from the old year, like the literal list of the gifts I have to remember remember to right. buy and where we have to be and we're going to the Purifoys and did we pack up after Christmas in time to get there and did everyone remember to bring the toy they want to play with? I mean, they talk about there are a lot of articles written about the mental load that women carry, which is really that invisible baggage you carry around with you everywhere about who needs what medicine, who packed mm -hmm. a toothbrush and <laughs> who has to be back in time for sports. Sports didn't stop for us over break. We have ongoing sports practices and games and 
I feel like you carry that mental load with you. And so for me, New Year's resolutions feels like assuming a bunch more baggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too heavy and I don't want it. <laughs> Everybody leave me alone. That's <laughs> how I feel sometimes this time of year. Oh, it's true. Although if you're listening and you're thinking, well, this is going to be a depressing episode. <laughs> this is a big downer. <laughs> I think actually... As we sat down and said, well, what are we going to talk about today? What started to bubble up was some good news. So I feel like we do have some good news we have to good share news, today. Friends. Don't tune out just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but know that if you're still in your PJs and still have Christmas sitting all around you, even though it's January now, you're in good company because we're right there we're with right you. We're right there with you in a very messy middle. This right. is a messy middle. And we're not against New Year's resolutions, right? Of course we're not. We're inspired by people that do it. And even this morning, having coffee, sitting down in the kitchen with Christy's husband, John, we were talking about some of the goals we'd love to accomplish this year. Some of the things we have as plans and dreams for this coming year. Stay tuned because we might be opening the doors of the Black Barn this year and actually having folks over in person. We're very excited about that. So we do have those moments, but I think what we realized that Christy and I struggle with, and so maybe this is good news for some of you guys, is this idea that we internally set goals or resolutions or promises that we want to accomplish, because then it feels like we have to accomplish them. And that can sometimes feel like, what if I'm not up to the task, or I'm not good yeah. enough, or I'm not equipped enough, or it I'm too tired. can be a heavy burden sometimes in some seasons. Yeah. yeah. Not that setting those goals is bad, but what we started to think through is, what does it look like, though, when Chrissy asked me, you know, like, what are your resolutions? Or if you were even thinking about it, what would that be? I my, my my actual live answer at the time was, I just, I don't know that I have it in me to set those for myself. And what I'm trying to do as I enter this year is just hook myself into what God promises me for this year. What is he promising me for this year? Because that I can actually count on. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I don't have to deliver it. Mm-hmm. I can just latch myself to him and trust that he will deliver it for me because he has promised that he will. Mm-hmm. And so then it really unfolded the conversation for us to say, what if entering the new year, it's not so much the focus on us and what, what goals we're setting or resolutions we're making, but what if instead we were tucking ourselves into the promises that God has made us, that we know are true eternally and you know predate this particular new year by centuries. Right. And that we can still rely on because it takes off a lot of the pressure of the things we do hope for this year. And we have hopes and dreams for this year. But if my hopes and dreams are tucked into God's promises, it's for me, it feels like a relief personally. It does. And to me, it fits the season better because it it connects the new year and that sense of newness and of promises with Christmas, Mm. which was a promise kept, Mm. a promise that God had made over centuries, many centuries, a promise that um, quite a few people were watching and waiting for that fulfillment. And of course, the the fulfillment, the promise kept didn't look like people were expecting. It was surprising. You really had to be paying attention. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And be focused on God's character in order to, to, I think, recognize the promise the way, let's say, Zachariah did in the temple mm-hmm. or, or Anna did in the temple. But to me, thinking about promises at this time of year makes sense because we have just celebrated this great promise fulfilled mm-hmm. in the person of 
Jesus who came mm-hmm. as a baby to Mary and and so on. Like we're still right in in that story. And and if you're like me and maybe you're a part of a church tradition that really celebrates Christmas as a season rather than a day. So in my particular church tradition, we talk a lot about the 12 days of Christmas. So Christmas Day, December 25th is the first day, but then we take 12 days to really sit with the meaning of Christmas mm-hmm. and the Christmas story. And so we're, I'm, I'm still there. That, I'm still right. right in the middle of Christmas. So thinking about the new year in terms of God's promises to us makes a lot of sense for me right now. I like that. That's such a good reminder because it has the echoes of truth that you can stand on. That makes me also feel like this year isn't make or break because sometimes resolutions can feel that way to me. Like yeah. if I don't live up to this or if I don't accomplish this this year, yeah. it's make or break. And that is very stressful to feel like it all hinges on you in that way. Yeah, And so actually having having hopes, dreams, goals, those are wonderful things, right? But I'd also like to just relieve the pressure and know that there's someone out there who has a much larger narrative for my life than whatever I can come up with this year. (laughs) And it's very hard. It's funny, when I start a new year, the the thing that actually comes to mind to me is that Bible verse about who is man that you are mindful of him. (laughs) He's like a flowers of the field here today, gone tomorrow. (laughs) A sense of your smallness. Yes. I can make these plans for myself. And the scripture says that, you know, who is a man that makes a plan? He says, today I'll do this and tomorrow I'll do that. And the Lord says, you fool, tonight I will demand your soul of you. Aren't you so happy you tuned in for our (laughs) podcast today? (laughs) But this in real time as goes through my head every January because I feel like there's some kind of like hubris when it comes to saying, I'm going to set all these goals for myself. And it makes me nervous because I feel like God's like, really? Aria, (laughs) you set those goals for you? Which, of course... I know, right? I'm I'm over exaggerating because I think we are called to make plans and to be mindful Absolutely, and deliberate. Sure, but I tend toward that sense of who am I to declare what my mm. future will be this year? As mm. much as I am hoping and dreaming, so I just come along and tuck myself into the corner <laughs> of what God already says because I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that, and it, and so. On that note, Christy and I are going to weave into today's episode some of the promises from Scripture that we are holding on to as we head into this new year. Sometimes they're unexpected. They're not the traditional ones you might associate with a new year, but they are what has been speaking to us. And so when you talk about Christmas, Christy, and this season we've just really passed through, it makes me think about this verse from Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah six sixteen. I love this because you're talking about something ancient that we've traveled through. We've Mm -hmm. traveled the path of Christmas. Every year we travel it to remember a promise fulfilled. Right. And in Jeremiah, this is what it says, Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says, stand by the roadways and look, ask about the ancient paths, which is the way to what is good, then take it and find rest for yourselves. I love that reminder to stand by the roadway and look for the ancient path, right? So, I feel like New Year's resolutions implies there's always something new, but Scripture is always reminding us there's nothing new under the sun, Mm. and there's something so encouraging and and heartening about saying, where are the ancient paths? Where has God walked? What are the promises? So, when we start to share promises with you, it's because we're saying, We want to keep walking those same paths of promise because it's how we remind ourselves. It's how we 
teach ourselves that as we go forward, we can trust God with where we're headed Hmm. because he's walked an ancient path for us. I love that. Stand by the roadways and look, ask about the ancient paths, which is the way to what is good. Then take it and find rest for yourself. That's beautiful. There's a peace in that, in looking for the ancient path and finding a rest and a home in it. Hmm. Reminds me of one of the ancient paths that we see referred to in scripture over and over is the path the Israelites took from mm, Egypt yes. into the wilderness right. and then on into the promised land. Good. And I think the wilderness, the desert is even often described as a journey toward rest. Ooh, I like <laughs> so that. it reminds yes. me of that. And it reminds me of maybe this is the story I'll tell today. It reminds me of a time in my life where I felt myself to be on a similar path path Mm. from, you know, a journey into the wilderness, dreaming and hoping for some kind of promised land. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, feeling bereft, empty, Mm. like my life was just all about everything I didn't have. (laughs) So I've shared in in the podcast before that the geographical location for that season of my life was the, the time we spent living in Florida. And when we arrived, we had three children, um, I had struggled for a number of years with infertility, so we assumed at that point that this was our our family complete, and we were, I was very grateful for those three children. It had been a long struggle um, to grow our family, even to that extent. And we arrived in Florida, and there, you know, just was this sense of what's next, and we just didn't know. It just felt like a, a pretty empty place and an empty season for us. But one day, I was reading um, my Bible and. A verse that I felt at the time that I had never seen before. You know how that sometimes happens, where you think I've grown up with this with this book, and yet these words suddenly seem entirely foreign to me. And the words that jumped out were from Psalm eighty-one: "I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it." Mm. And I read those words, and the hairs on my arms rose, and I had goosebumps, and Mm. I had this sense that that God was speaking directly to me. And I can't mm. explain it any better than that, except I, I, all of a sudden my body was electric and I was alert. Mm. And I thought, oh, what is about to happen? Mm. What does this mean? Yeah. So this was close to Christmas time um, in Florida. And I'm going to shortcut and just tell you what God was about to do so I can tell another part of the story. I was about to conceive our fourth child, mm. a child I'd never let myself hope for never even let myself ask for. Mm. It was a kind of fullness I couldn't even believe in anymore. Um, But that January, after that Christmas, I became pregnant with a daughter we would name Elsa, Elsa Spring. Mm. And we named her Elsa Spring for a couple of reasons, but Elsa because it's derived from the name Elizabeth. And one of the meanings of Elsa and Elizabeth is God's promise or a sense of God who keeps his promise or makes a promise. Sometimes it's written oath of God. But I found that meaning God's promise. And I I knew ah, this this is what's happening. And um, we gave her the middle name Spring because we felt like we'd been living through a pretty bleak winter season. And there was this sense with this gift of new life, this gift that we hadn't even felt strong enough to ask for, that God was was ushering us into, as Song of, Song of Psalms says, Song of Songs in, um, I think it's chapter two, says, flowers appear on the earth and the season oh, of singing has yes. come. And this gorgeous image of, of the spring that follows winter. And, and so, we named her Elsa Spring. And she really is now at 
six years old, such a happy girl, always a reminder to me of a good God who gives good gifts, who makes promises and fulfills them in big ways where we're thinking of Christmas and the mm-hmm. baby who came at Christmas right. or the the smaller ways, a child who is born into our own family or uh, a longtime dream fulfilled or an answered prayer whatever it looks like. this He is a good God who gives good gifts. And, and Elsa, God's promise, Elsa Spring, is the gift I'm thinking of today. But I'm also thinking of her name as a reminder, maybe for all of us, because here we are at the beginning of winter, right? right. We, you know, we just had the winter solstice. Yes. Um, I know some of our listeners are in the Southern Hemisphere and they're moving into a different season. (laughs) I know my dad is listening in South (laughs) Africa where they're they're in the middle of summer. Right. So I'm mindful of them as well. But goodness, even if the sun is shining out of your window and it's it's quite hot, um, we have these seasons of the soul, right? So, you know, you, you might also find yourself in a wintry season. But spring is always... It always comes. Yeah. It's like the seasons are making these promises to us, and those promises are always fulfilled. Right. And who set those seasons in motion? Who is keeping this globe spinning on its axis, right. you know, northern hemisphere in summer? Who is doing that? But our God. Yeah. And I, I hold on to the, the knowledge that spring always comes as a, a really embodied reminder of our promise-keeping God. I love that. And, you know, I was reminded recently, especially as we're coming out of the Christmas season, here we are giving presents to our children, right? And I was on Instagram recently and it caught my eye, the most beautiful Instagram post where it was a picture of the Christmas tree. Jess, Jess Connolly actually posted this, a picture of the Christmas tree. There's all the presents. They haven't been unwrapped yet. And then she had that amazing Bible verse from Matthew seven eleven that says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Mm. And I like tears pricked into my eyes because I thought, oh, Wow, yes, I'm so excited for my kids to wake up and unwrap these presents. How much more does God feel that way about Mm. us? And so when we enter into the new year, the promises we're sharing with you guys aren't just to sort of you know, pacify or do church talk or mm-hmm. Christianese to make ourselves feel better, but they're a reality. We mm-hmm. have a God who actually has gifts this year mm-hmm. waiting for you. As real as spring that Absolutely. is coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Like as real as bulbs planted all down the Maplehurst driveway right. that will, I know for sure on Easter, be daffodils or tulips. Mm-hmm. There is a God who has buried for you treasure, who has wrapped gifts, and He is waiting for you to unwrap them. Mm. And I know some of us, and I'm one of them this year might have anxious hearts or feel like they're carrying heavy burdens or worries that they're bringing with them into the new year. And I was so moved by a verse I found in 1 John. This is 1 John 3 verses 18 to 20. This is from the message. I was so struck by a God who understands our own hearts. He says here, my dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. And then listen to this part, Christy, you're going to love this. This is for us this morning. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. 
For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. Oh, that's That's so so great. So God is bigger, greater greater than our worried worried hearts. I just like that God knows we have that internal voice. And I know a lot of you listening have a voice saying, oh, you couldn't do it last year. Why do you think you're going to be able to do it this year? You didn't get that job you wanted. You didn't lose that weight. You didn't reconcile with that kid. You didn't patch up that marriage. You didn't take that business opportunity. You didn't thrive. We, all of us, I, you guys, last night I lay in bed for hours trying to think about today. What were we going to share on the podcast? And I just felt like I had a litany of failure that marched through mm. my mind. And I thought, how am I ready for a new year when all I can do is look back and see all the ways I failed profoundly mm. <laughs> over the last 44 years? Mm. And I pulled up this verse again this morning. I have it marked and I'll read it one last time here. It's so great. He's talking about love. That's what he's talking about. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there's something to it. (laughs) I love that God recognizes that sometimes there's something to those things, right? (laughs) Like something that we do need to bring to Him. We need to change or have Him teach us in or instruct us or shape us. For God is greater than our worried hearts, and He knows more about us than we do ourselves. And I love that about him because as much as you might criticize yourself, God actually knows the whole plum depths of who we are and he chooses to love us and he's greater than our worried hearts. What a promise to take into this Mm. year because part of what I was thinking last night is, I just want to hold on to that promise where he says, I'll wash you whiter than snow. You know, I just Mm. want to take all the baggage and the hurt and the failure and the despair, all those dark things that I don't know about you guys, but sometimes at pivotal moments like this, as you're crossing into a new year, seem to crawl up out of my backpack and start to try and strangle me. You know, Mm -hmm. these are all the things you did bad or failed in the past, and now you're starting fresh, please. (laughs) Those voices are very loud, and I think... I just want God to wash that away. That's that's the start I want to this year. I want Him to make me clean again. So that was the story that popped into my mind then when I was thinking about that idea. Literally, it's the first time I've actually stopped and thought, what does that look like? Wash you whiter than snow. What is He referencing there? What does uh-huh. that even mean? And I thought, well, I think it probably has to do with sheep, right? This mm-hmm. idea of shepherds and sheep. And my dad grew up on a massive sheep farm in South Africa, part of the country called the Karoo, which is sort of a scrubby desert area. And they had these hardy sheep that they raised, you know, thousands of them. And as a child, we would spend almost all of our vacations out on this farm in the middle of the Karoo. There's a huge mountain that marked one of the boundaries of the farm called, in Afrikaans, called Tafelbach, which translates to Table Mountain. It was flat at the top like a table and the farm was kind of in the crook of the mountain. And oh my gosh, so many memories of riding horses and herding sheep and feeding the pigs and milking cows. But um, at certain points in the year, the sheep would all be rounded up and brought close to the house for dipping season. Mm. So it's interesting that that came to my mind when I was thinking about this idea of being washed white as snow, because while we're not trying to wash the sheep white, what we're trying to do is to treat them so they won't catch infections from ticks mm. or other diseases from the bush. And it is, I will tell you, the most chaotic thing you have ever heard. Okay, <laughs> Thousands of bleeding sheep, bleating, not bleeding, <laughs> but they're bleating. I mean, it is so loud. There's thousands of them crowded into these pens near the house. And then the 
dipping pen that they go through is a very long, narrow chute that you drive them into so that they're single file. And as they're walking, running down the chute that gets narrower and narrower and steeper and steeper with little steps, at the bottom, there's a big, it, it kind of imagine a well, right? It's mm-hmm. a pool that has the, the water and the medicine mixed into it. And so eventually, <laughs> these poor sheep stumble and fall into the pool. <laughs> and then you have to actually dunk them under the water ah. so that their head, their ears, their nose, everything gets medicated. And the way you do that, I kid you not, are People are standing either side with these long, what kind of looks like a pitchfork, but there's the middle prong missing. So they're just two edge prongs Uh and kind of pinch onto a sheep's neck and duck them under the water. Uh So the whole medication is treated. And then there's another little, you know, in Afrikaans, we'd say a sluit, a little pathway leading up out of the water. And they trot up and then back into the pen. And then they continue their caterwauling because they're trying to find their mom or their sister or their auntie. And you have like three nights of just for hours and hours and hours outside your window. And it's funny that that picture came to my mind, but I thought, wash me whiter than snow. And maybe they're talking about the sheep's pelts, you know, once they've been sheared and they're washing the wool. But all of that, all of that involves a lot of very messy chaos. Mm. It's not a romantic picture. And I think I've grown up hearing those phrases my whole life thinking, oh, yes, you know, I sing it, you know, wash me whiter than snow. But my goodness, the chaos involved on a farm when you're doing the work of treating and dousing sheep, when you're shearing them, I've been there for shearing season, when you're washing that wool, the sweat and exhaustion involved, the commitment to make it happen. And there was something about that picture coming to my mind when I thought about entering this new year and asking God, wash me whiter than snow. I felt like that picture bubbled up into my head as his response saying, I will, I will, but it's going to look like this. Mm. It's not something passive that Mm -hmm. you just receive that he paints over you. It's active, right? He's going to get up in our business this year. Mm -hmm. He's going to send us down paths. We might not know where we're going. He's going to dunk us. He's going to wash us and treat us and prepare us. And sometimes we'll feel separated from the people we know and confused and not quite sure about what's happening. But wow, that's what it looks like when a shepherd tends to his flock. It requires the flock sometimes being taken by surprise about what's happening. Mm. And there was something about that image from my childhood that, that kind of met up here with my adulthood. And I thought, oh, okay, Okay, God, let's do that. Hmm. Let's do that this year. If I want you to wash me whiter than snow, and I want to know you the way a sheep knows the shepherd's voice, I, I might be surprised and uncomfortable at points during this year, but I'll know you're living up to your own promise to actually do the thing to make me whiter than snow. Might be uncomfortable. I love that. As we <laughs> as we sat down to record, so it's a very rainy day today. So we sat down, all of a sudden we could hear the rain quite loudly outside the mm, window. Mm. And you said, right. rain is a promise. It is a promise. Rain is a promise. But I'm thinking about what it would be like right now to step outside yeah, and just let ourselves right. be drenched in it, yes. to let ourselves be washed by right. that rain. Right. It would be uncomfortable. It would. It's cold out there. <laughs> right, right. Um, and yet maybe sometimes that's 
rather than making our plans or our goals, maybe sometimes what's asked of us is just to step outside Mm -hmm. and let ourselves receive, Mm -hmm. even if it's uncomfortable and we're not quite sure, but trusting that someone much bigger than our worried hearts is at work in us and around us. And I'm thinking it's that rain, it's that noisy, uncomfortable cold winter rain that is the reason the season of singing will come the Mm -hmm. reason those flowers will appear on the earth but we can't skip over that part right and i think i'd like to then as we're thinking over these promises one that's worth sending you out with guys as you enter this new year is one that comes from the book of james and I love it because he recognizes that very thing, that as we're going out, as we're looking for the promises of God, as we're looking for the gifts He has for us, as we're dreaming new dreams for this year, as we're hopeful for what He will do in and through us, He reassures us by letting us know, though, that it will be difficult at times. And there's something reassuring knowing that, so we're not taken by surprise this year, And in James 1, 2 to 4, he says, and you know, the first half of this verse, probably a lot of us are familiar with. I certainly was. But it was the second half that really caught me off guard. He says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Isn't that kind of like flowers, how they press up through the soil oh, yeah. like after the rain and the snow? They show their true colors. And then I just, this last two sentences is so beautiful. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. And that's our encouragement as you walk into this new year. Sometimes we're so tempted to try to shortcut uncomfortable seasons that are really seasons of growth and development and maturity. They are the seasons that are the reason that dreams do push up out of the soil. But how encouraging to have our father, our shepherd, our giver of good gifts, the sender of the rain say, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. So as you walk into this new year, our prayer and our blessing over you is that you would have eyes to see the promises that God has already buried deep in the soil of this year, that you would know they're waiting for you. They are waiting for you, but they are going to take perhaps some uncomfortable seasons before they're realized. And we are preaching that to ourselves. We know it and we feel it in our own bones. And as we dream our dreams and make our plans, that we would also know that God's promises are really the rainbow over us. I mean, they really are. They're the ark and the expanse of the heavens over everything that we're doing. And that we can trust Him at the end of the story. At the end of this year, you can trust that His good promises will have been fulfilled, even if they didn't look quite the way we expected. I think in signing off, Lisa Joe, I don't want to say Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say spring will come. Oh, that's good. Spring Spring will will come. come. And I am looking forward to it. Amen to that.